Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Cherished Daughters Podcast with your host, Tavoya Conover. Hello, ladies. How are you? It's so good to be with you guys again today. Another week, and we're still recording, so we're right on track. I said I was going to do them weekly, and I'm pretty close to weekly. I think maybe there may have been one week that I didn't upload, but keep me accountable. I said that I was going to do them weekly, and God told me to do that. I'm so excited today because we have our first interview guest. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So... I had the pleasure of running into this young lady in what I think was just completely a divine connection. Um, And I just love her spirit. I love her energy. She has such a powerful testimony to share. And um, I'm going to bring her on so you guys can get to know the awesome, awesome woman of God that she is. I've only known her briefly, but in that brief time, I can tell you she's just a wonderful person with a wonderful heart, great loving energy that is infectious. Um, I thought I was exciting and and bubbly, but I'm like, this must have been me in my 20s because she is just amazing. (laughs) I love her so much. So I'm going to bring her on and allow her to introduce herself. Well, hello, our special guest. Guest, how are you? Hi, Tavoya. I'm very thankful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you are so welcome, my dear. You're so welcome. So tell us about you. Who are you? What's your name? Yeah. So my name is Camila. Um, I am originally from Connecticut, but I grew up in a house, an African household. My dad is from Kenya and my mother is from Uganda. And yeah, I now live in Atlanta, Georgia. I was living overseas in Northern Africa uh, for a little over a year and I just got back last month. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, that's so great. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. That's exciting. So you have um, quite a bit of experience, a lot of different perspectives to see the world from, which I think is always oh, healthy. <laughs> that's a healthy mix and balance. Sometimes we don't realize how biased we are in our opinions and our perspectives. Mm. And not necessarily in our any fault of our own. It's just we're a product of our environment. So for you to be able to come in and out and see different cultures from several different perspectives. I think that's always valuable, something that I would like to learn about and um, share with others. So, Miss Camila, mm-hmm. I have a few questions for you. Yeah. Um, can you? So you told me you grew up in Connecticut. Yes. Um, and how did you make your way to Georgia? Was that a straight shot from Connecticut to Georgia? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I feel like nothing... When you're living for Jesus or when Jesus wants you so badly, it's never a straight shot. <laughs> but I, right? um, I know. Yeah. So I actually, so I didn't grow up in the church and I did not know Jesus growing up. I used to think that Moses was God. That's how lost I was when oh, wow. I, whenever okay. I would go to church, people would talk about David or Moses or Daniel. And throughout all of the stories that I heard, I came to a place in my life that I was like, oh, Moses must be God. That's my, that. Because they keep talking about Moses in church, so that must be who he is. Because I didn't go to, I didn't I go to church as consistently as um, most people. And, um, yeah. So I um, there was a time in my life where I was just in a very, very, very dark place. I was in my – I was like 18, 19, 20, around that area. And I started to go to college in Boston. And um, I was just – I was in a relationship and – I, it was a very codependent, very unhealthy relationship. And I was just, I was just in a very dark place. I was suicidal. I um, was depressed, just struggling so much. And um, I'll never forget. So there was, after my 
boyfriend at the time and I broke up, I was completely and utterly crushed because it was just so codependent. Like he was my God in my heart, honestly. And um, I'll never forget there, it was my birthday and my friend and I, we went to this concert and um, <laughs> it's a crazy story. So I had my, my friend, he bought me weed for my birthday because that's what I asked for. <laughs> and I'm smoking weed in the car and we're driving to- towards the concert and I'll never forget, I was laughing about something just really stupid. And he was laughing with me. And when he was laughing, he was looking at me as we were driving on the freeway. And while he was driving, he saw abruptly that there was upcoming traffic. And it was the scariest thing because I was high at the time. And so there was incoming traffic. And please forgive me, guys, because my I was learning Arabic like for a year. And so my English is not, it's really not that good. It's just really nice. So if I say some words that don't make sense in the English um, language, then just please bear with me. But um, there was incoming traffic coming up and my friend, he slammed on his brakes and reared to the breakdown lane. And then the car that was initially behind us, they ended up slamming on their brakes. And then the car from behind them slammed on their brakes and the car from behind them slammed on their brakes. But then the car behind that car slammed on their brakes, but they didn't slam their brakes fast enough. And so that car ended up lifting up the other car in front of them in the <gasps> air. And the car was like flying in the air. And I'll never forget seeing this woman. She had long blonde hair and she hit her head on the dashboard because the car Jesus. like what, the car like essentially hit. I think it either hit a pole or it just like slammed head on into the ground. And I was so frightened because I was high. I mean, it was, I mean, it would be frightening if I was sober, yeah. but because of that, it was just even scarier. And I remember seeing this. I didn't believe it back then, but I remember seeing it. I saw this angel, this humongous angel behind our car with its wings protecting my car. And I was not hurt in that entire car wreck. And, but it really, I felt like the Lord was getting my attention because I already felt like he was getting to me like he was trying to touch my heart and he was trying to get my attention but I was refusing because I was just like I was just so broken and um brokenness makes you want to stay in your brokenness sometimes Mm -hmm. just you know in a place of self-pity and um it it was really sad because my friend was in such shock that he just kept driving and he wasn't responding to me because I was like we should stop we should stop but he was in such a traumatic state of mind Mm -hmm. that he just kept driving and um I remember going to be I remember we were going to the concert and we went to the concert and it was just <laughs> we, we couldn't even fully enjoy it to the full capacity because we knew that someone else got hurt because of our own ignorance and our own just just immaturity and I felt like coming back from that I remember I went home and I was praying and I was like checking the news to see if anyone died that day or things of that nature and thankfully I didn't see anything that said that anyone died on that highway Um, but I was in such a deep place of just like feeling really just convicted, unsaved, but yet convicted. And I was like, I felt like the Lord was like, please, like this, this is me like really calling out your name. And so from that point on, I started to go to church and I would go by myself and I would just try to experience God. And I'll never forget, um, one day I was talking to my friend on the phone and he told me, he was like, Camila, you always seem so sad and like, just, you know, borderline depressed. Like what would make you happy? And immediately what flew out of my mouth was, I want to go to Spelman. And I never in my life ever thought that that would ever be a desire in my heart that would make me happy. But I felt like 
that was God imprinting that in me. Um, And so as time progressed, I ended up buying my flight to Atlanta by faith, not knowing if I'm going to get accepted or not. And like maybe two weeks later, I found out that I got accepted to. Wait, I was going to say you bought a ticket before you had your acceptance letter. (laughs) (laughs) So you, so you were like, pseudo kind of interested in Christianity but you still had all this faith <laughs> yeah, yeah it was weird. actually growing up I had a lot of faith I think it stems from my mother because I grew up in a very broken household um and my mom her faith level was just outstanding and wow. so I think seeing that mm. it just really rubbed off on me because seeing my mom go through just so much hardship in her life and being a single mother raising five kids and things of that nature I um yeah I just it just rubbed off on me and so I bought a ticket by faith and then I think about two weeks later or so I found out I got accepted to Spelman and I did not know how I was going to pay for school okay so yeah I did not know how I was going to pay for school and um I I remember I was a barista at a coffee at a cafe and I was one day I was just like complaining essentially about how how are we supposed to get an education when we can't even pay for our education and da 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 and I was just talking and talking and then there was this woman who was a regular that used to always come in and get her coffee and she asked me she's like what are you talking about Camila and I was like I want to go to my dream school. Now Spelman's my dream school. Like, I was just saying, I didn't, Spelman was always my dream school, but now it is. So I was like, I want to go to my dream school, but I can't even pay for it to go to school. And she's like, well, why don't you just get a co-signer? And I was like, I can't. No, nobody in my family has good credit. And at the time, they didn't have good credit. And so um, they were, she was like, okay. She's like, well, if you can't find anyone to co-sign your, your loan for you, I'll co-sign for you. And I was no like, way. What? And this woman, she does not know me from anything. And um yeah, she didn't know me. She didn't even know my last name and she offered that. And so at the time I was like, is she really serious? Like I was like, I don't know if she's really going to do this. Like she doesn't know me. And right. one day I ended up calling her and she's like, it was like probably around I don't know what time it was around. The time of the year. It was down, it was during the holidays and she and I called her and she's like okay, call me back in, like, two days or something. And I was like, she's not serious. I was like, she's not. But um, I ended up calling her, and she said, okay, what do I need to do? Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I was like, wow. Shut up. I'm so, so serious. Okay, so this is what I'm hearing. So mm-hmm. you did not have any desire to go to Spelman, but all of a sudden mm-hmm. you have this desire because yeah. – and I believe this because God says he'll give us desires of our hearts. So he saved your life because he had a purpose for you. So he put this desire for spelling in your heart. Now all of a sudden you're like, I need to go here. Yes. <laughs> and then because he orders our steps, he just puts something. You're happening to be working in some place mm-hmm. where a lady that you don't know, you probably don't even know her last name. She now <laughs> wants to no, sign financial documents to ensure that you can now have this new desire. This is yeah. amazing. Keep Please, please continue. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so during the time that I was 
trying to seek the Lord and going to church by myself and everything, I felt like I needed to rededicate my life to Jesus because I felt like I already had, like growing up, going to church, I felt like there was a time when I was a child that I did go up to the altar or something and I did give my life to Jesus. So I felt like it was more of a rededication versus like giving my life to Jesus. But I, um, there was this girl that was on Instagram. Yeah, she was on Instagram and she was doing missions in Uganda. And I saw her and I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I want to help my people in Uganda and in Kenya, and I want to serve them. And so I, I was reminded about her, and I saw her on Twitter. I was friends with her on Twitter as well. And I sent her a message and asked her, it's like, can you help me rededicate my life back to Jesus? And she's like, okay. She's like, yeah. She's like, call me at this time, and we can we can do this over the phone. <laughs> and so, and I've never met this girl a day in my life. You she's are so bold. I media. love it. Oh, thank you. And so she, um, she ended up helping me rededicate my life to Jesus, and she tried to pray over me so I can get baptized in the Holy Spirit, but with the with the utterance of tongues, but it just didn't happen. I was trying, but it sounded like I was like forcing it. It sounded like I was speaking like Japanese. I was like, it was just, it was just not, it just sounded so bad. No, I, can't, it. I don't even okay. want to utter what it sounded like, but it right. just sounded so bad. And so anyways, I ended up giving my life to Jesus. And so that woman ended up co-signing my loan for me. And the girl that helped me rededicate my life to Jesus, she ended up knowing two girls that were believers at Spelman. And so she connected me to those girls. And so wow. when I transferred to Spelman college, um, the first Saturday night, I remember I was, hanging out with these girls that were also transfers and they wanted to go out and go like drink and party and stuff. But I already told the Lord that I wasn't going to drink anymore. And I was also trying to give up partying because I just felt like it wasn't a good atmosphere for me. However, the thing is, even though I was doing that, I was still having sex with my boyfriend at the time and was still like, not like, there's still certain things that I wasn't giving up in my heart. Yeah. Sanctification process. Yeah, sanctification process. And yes. so those girls that I ended up meeting, they brought me to this uh, church because they were having this um, college night thing. And I ended up getting encountered by God through prophecy. And um, then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to stay at this church. Um, fast forward, there was this conference that was happening in North Carolina that originally when I was actually back in Connecticut, I wanted to go to it. But when I actually got back, when I actually got to Atlanta, I didn't want to go anymore. I was like, I don't want to go. I want to just, like, I just, I still want to, basically what my heart was saying was, I still want to have the lust of the flesh. Like, I still want to have sex with my boyfriend. I still want to do what I want to do. I gave, I gave up drinking and I gave up smoking weed and all that stuff, but I'm still going to have sex with my boyfriend. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, but that's what I was wanting at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I got invited to go to this conference and I told the girl that wanted me to go because the the conference cost $250. And I said to her, I was like, I'm not going, I'm not paying to go like worship the Lord. And so I was like, she's like, what if I find you a sponsor? And I was like, okay. And I told the Lord, I was like, God, I don't think I should pay to worship you. I was like, so if you really want me to go, you're going to have to get the finances for me. It's also very hard headed and very stubborn. <laughs> and so anyways, I ended up getting the sp- the sponsor and they paid for my whole entire, wow. um, the whole entire $250 for me to go to this conference. And at this conference, I was completely wrecked by the love of God. Oh, that's and so good. And I got saved, and I consider that my actual salvation. Yeah. And um, I remember I, w- I had my hands lifted up, and I was just, like, crying out to the Lord. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit just attack my body in the best way. And I ended up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit um, with the evidence of speaking in tongues without anybody touching me. 
nobody else knew but me and God. And so, wow. um, and then in addition to that, I, someone else, they ended up prophesying over me the secrets of my heart that I knew that only God would know because mm. I did not know that person from anything. And, and that's how I wow. really, like me experiencing the tangible presence of God and without people touching me, without anybody like really knowing me or anything of that nature, that's how I know that Jesus truly is the son of God and he's God in the flesh. And I, um, and ever since then, I, I have been like running for the Lord and, um, I've just really, I gave up, I broke up with my boyfriend. I stopped listening to secular music because I just really felt that burden on my heart, mm. um, and that conviction. And I stopped having sex and I just completely went cold turkey with everything and God completely just washed me new and I didn't have those desires anymore and yeah and then so essentially that's my testimony long story short but that's yeah. so good what do you think the difference the difference was to the time where you were like I really have to give I want it whatever it takes I want it all do you think it was actually feeling his presence like because I know that to be in when God's manifest present, like that actual wave of the Holy Spirit comes and it rests on you, mm-hmm. there's nothing like it. So do you think that environment is what you're like, oh my God, you are real. I can feel you. Like, you know me, you know things about me that like, is that what really like sent you over the edge, you think? Hmm. I think <clears throat> I would have to say it's definitely God's tangible presence, but I think it's just the journey of how God just kept chasing me, chasing me and chasing yes. me. And I've never had um, a man ever do that to me before and, and to pursue me in that way in such a beautiful, pure way. Wow. And so I think that really wrecked my heart. And then in addition, experiencing God tangibly, I was yeah. like, wow, I didn't even know that God yeah, was like, like that. Right? Isn't yeah. it amazing? You're yeah. like, what was yeah. I doing with my life before? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I do anything yeah. other than this? And yes. then even just seeing him change my heart because these desires, like he literally washed them away. Like I was really shocked that I did not have these desires. It wasn't me trying to strive or to, to try to make something out of nothing. I wasn't trying to do it out of my own human ability, but God literally washed all my impure desires away. Which is, that, yeah. that's only amazing. God. So I yeah. really just like, for real, give all the glory to him because... I can't make I can't make all that stuff. No, up. you like, can't make it up. And you know. I love that you said that he pursued you because I have a very similar story. He was like, he just kept, like you say, kept chasing me down, and he was very mm-hmm. intentional in making sure that I knew that it was him because, like you said, you can't make it up. The things that were happening, you just you can't make them up. And I remember after I had um, really started seeking after God, I had he like basically I had struggled with alcohol for many years. Like mm-hmm. it was a struggle with for me. And once I became a parent, it wasn't a struggle for me, like regularly, like I didn't party anymore or anything like that, but I would like to have wine. Like every weekend I had mm-hmm. to have my wine. And so he basically took that desire completely away. Like that was mm-hmm. gone. But I remember I would still smoke. So one day after I gave my life to Jesus, I was stressed. And so whenever I was stressed, I would always like go to tobacco. So I was mm-hmm. smoking and I I will never forget it. I heard the Holy Spirit say as clear as day. And sometimes I wish he would speak to me that clear now. But um, because I knew it was him. And he was like, you are not that person anymore. Mm. And so I threw it down and I started bawling. (laughs) Jesus, I'm so sorry. But that's the thing like this, that and it's not in a like shameful, disgusting way. But it's just like in a loving way 
quiet, calming, assuring you of who you really are. Like, this is not who you are. Yeah. And it just made me like, and I haven't smoked since then. And I've had plenty of stressors since then. But he just, like you were saying, he just completely took it away. And one of my other questions for you was like, how did you learn about God's love? But I think you just completely touched on that. Like (laughs) him chasing you down and him showing you himself over and over again. And I wanted to ask you, this was earlier in your um, testimony, but did your friend see the angel? Because I think that's really cool. (laughs) I was like, I was like, did anybody else see him? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think my friend saw the angel. And so it's interesting though, because I have a really high gift in prophecy and I'm a seer in the spirit. And so I didn't know that that, back then, but even growing up, I would see certain things growing up in the spirit. And I didn't even know, I thought it was me going crazy. Wow. I really thought like, I remember because of just all the darkness that I was experiencing growing up in my household, I would see like demonic spirits in my house. But I literally back then, I did not know that. I didn't know what it was. was. I would feel so scared and I would hide under my blanket and just like be like frightened. And and it's wow. totally God. So I think that that has to do with a lot of how God has created me and, right. and like my purpose and what he uses me for because I'm an intercessor. And so one of my gifts with like being an intercessor is being able to see in the spirit and like praying um, and like casting things down and praying into people's destinies of like how God sees mm-hmm. them and, you know, things of that nature. That is so powerful. Wow. <laughs> so And I love that because the Bible teaches us that, you know, the gifts come without repentance. So you were yeah. operating in that gift prior to you Crazy. even submitting your life to God. Okay. And I, and I'm, I'm really, ex- I'm so excited that you share that because I think a lot of times when we don't recognize our gifts, we think that they're, Oh, it's just, you know, it's not a big deal, but that's just a great example of how God was using that gift or you were operating in that gifting without even knowing and so as i learned some of my spiritual gifts i'm like oh i've always done this it's always been a thing for me Mm -hmm. but i didn't know what to call it i didn't i didn't know i know i used to (laughs) i would always want to understand the deeper meaning of things like i always had this hunger for Mm -hmm. the deep things like the the word teaches us that the Holy Spirit will search out the mysteries, the deep things of God. And I always had that longing, that searching for it too, because I, one of my spiritual gifts is prophecy. And I didn't know that. Like I didn't, how was I supposed to know that? Like I, there was no way I could have known that prior to coming to Jesus, but it just makes so much sense now looking back on things and how I would just know things that I didn't know that shouldn't have made sense that I knew anyway. But that is so good, girl. This is, the best interview ever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, I was also going to ask you some of the ways he made you feel treasured or cherished because, you know, that's yeah. the name of the, the podcast is Cherished Daughters. Do you have, would you like to share anything else on some of the ways that he showed that to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, the Lord allowing me to go through suffering, I feel, and this is a different perspective. I, I don't know if a lot of people agree with this, but I, I agree with it. <laughs> I, um, I've been through a lot in life and just a lot of just suffering and um, hardship. And there's a scripture where it talks in the Bible where it talks about partaking in the Lord's sufferings. And um, I just believe that 
God has allowed me to experience as like honestly it's a privilege to experience his hardship like experience hardship on this earth mm-hmm. to fellowship with him mm-hmm. in his sufferings and um, in that place of me going through hardship I felt like it was God preserving me and keeping me mm-hmm. because he is ridding me from all things that are impure and that can hold me back from fully loving him wholeheartedly and I um honestly even though like in in the midst of me going through hardship and pain I I don't like it in the moment but looking Mm -hmm. back I am so appreciative of it because the Lord is really just taking the worldliness out of me and he's helping me to see the only one thing that actually matters, which is Jesus, just him himself. Mm-hmm. And I, this, I, um, I feel very cherished by God that he would even trust me wow. to partake in his sufferings in this way. Um, yeah. So I can like share a little bit about, so I was, I was living in North Africa from, the end of 2017 to the beginning of 2019 and during that time I kid you not there was never a day that I was not harassed and I it, it came to a place where it really was very heavy on like my psyche like the way that I would think the way that I would process things going outside it was just expected that someone would catcall at me um or that someone would call me a nigger, or um, that someone would call me, like, just really disgusting Mm. sexual names, like chocolate, or weird things like that, and um, I think that the moment that, there was this one time I was walking down the street to go get shawarma, which is like a sandwich, like a chicken sandwich, or like a beef sandwich, or something like that, and I was going walking down the street at night and usually kid you not I do not like I understand street smarts like I I was not I do not always walk at night by myself like that's not something that I do but I was really really hungry (laughs) and then no one else was really around at the time my roommate was gone and so I went out and as soon as I walked out of my alleyway of my apartment complex this I was passing by this group of guys and this boy stretched out his hand and pulled my hair and I have an afro oh and so it was really and so it was really easy I say I have an afro because it was easy for him to grab my hair and it was one of the most scariest things I think I've ever experienced and when that happened my mm. initial I was like really shaken and then I turned around and then I started chasing him down the street <laughs> but then oh, I stopped no. because I was like Camila what are we going to do there's a group of guys you're one woman this is a predominantly, this is a male-dominated society in which you live in. I mean, co- community in which you live in. Like, what what could you possibly do? And I had it on these, like, sandal slipper things, these, like, North African slippers that don't have grip on the ground. So I would have probably <laughs> sprained my ankle or something. So I stopped chasing him. And then I turned around and I was like, okay, Camila, it's, it's going to be okay. Just keep walking. Just go get your sandals. It's going to be okay. Just go get your sandals. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of men simultaneously started catcalling at me. And I just felt like my brain wasn't even, my brain, I don't even know how it was processing at the moment, but all I just felt was so much fear. 
And so I was like calling my boyfriend at the time, trying to get him to pick up and he wasn't picking up. And I was like, so I just like kind of like speed walked back to my apartment and then my boyfriend finally picked up and I just like wept. Well, actually first, before he even picked up, actually, I was like weeping and crying to the Lord, like, God, that was so scary. How could you let that happen? God, I don't understand. And then that's when my boyfriend ended up picking up and I was like crying to him and telling him what happened. And I was just... I was just so taken by fear in that moment. And then there was another time I remember, um, there was another time that, there was another time a man, he like spit into his hand and he put his hand in my, his hand in my hair with his saliva and mucus mm, and whatever. Oh I think God. he was under an influence of some sort. But I really feel led to share this story. I remember this one time I was riding a taxi and I told this man to take me to a specific location and he was like have you ever been to this place before he was like naming this like view where you can see the view over the ocean or something and I was like no I haven't been there and he's like can I take you there and I was like no no you can't take me there and he's like please just for five minutes I was like no I don't want to go there please take me to my location he's like three minutes just please just give me just a little bit of your like just a little bit of time I want to show you this place I was like no take me to my location and he was not, like, he just kept asking me over and over and over again. I was so frightened, you guys. I was so frightened that he was going to take me to the location to do, I don't even know what he'd want to do with me. And um, he finally took me to my location, and then he was, like, asking me, can I please have your number? Can I please have your number? I was like, no, do not. And I think moments like that really frighten and scare me because I've had, I've heard stories from people that I know personally of being overseas and, them being raped simultaneously by multiple men or things of that nature and 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 so I was really frightened and um I've just living in that society um being a woman of color was really difficult for me and in that place I was able to partake in the Lord's sufferings but also in addition I felt like the Lord was freeing me from actually like self-hatred um I felt like by people calling me all these different names and disrespecting me and um, making me feel like my skin color is sinful. Um, Hmm. I came to a place of accepting who God made me to be and accepting myself as a daughter and not allowing what other people say about me to be my identity, identity, but actually believing who God says I am and letting that be my foundation and not letting it be shaken. And so I see that as a privilege and I see that as God cherishing me because he's ridding me from all things that are fleeting, all things that are shakable, all things that won't stand. Um, yeah. Wow, Camila, I'm over here like, oh, that is so powerful. Thank you so much Aww. for sharing that with us. That yeah. is, I can't imagine the, just the level of fear that you would have as just being a single woman and like you said knowing that all these things could possibly happen but even in that even in that growing closer to god in the process and that is those type of things can't be learned they can't be studied you can't get those through a devotional those are things that we we those are the ways that we mature spiritually it's through these 
life situations if we allow it to be the time that we turn to God and we don't play the victim and we don't play the blame game for things that happen to us in the um, in our lives. And I love that you were able to see God's love even through such a trying, trying time. And all of those situations, they would be, I don't know, I think I'm like, I'm out of here. Where's my return flight to the U.S., Jesus? <laughs> But the fact that you stayed um, is is amazing unto itself. Gosh, it was yeah, it was really hard though because I remember there was times where my roommate would ask me like, "Camille, you want to go out?" Or people would want to hang out with me, and I literally was so bent up with so much fear that I would stay inside my house. And because of that, I ended up um, getting diagnosed with like a vitamin D deficiency. My vitamin D levels were so bad that my whole leg was like like there was so much inflammation in my knee and my hip and in my um, foot. And it came to a point where I, I was like in bed rest and I couldn't walk because there's so much pain. And oh, and wow. so I ended up going into like a toy, like I was just toiling down into it, like a really deep place of despair at the time. And, and it was just really hard. It was just a really hard season. Um, Everything that you think could go wrong went wrong, I think, in my life during that time. Minus people in my family passing away. That didn't happen, so thank you, Jesus. Um, but a lot of, there was just a lot of pain that happened in that season, and I think I was at my lowest point that God had to break in for me. <laughs> it wasn't easy, but God wow. made something beautiful out of it. Yes, and you told me um, that. Even through this very trying time, God was able to use another one of your gifts for you to create something. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, I would love to actually. So I am a musician and a singer. I So my artist name is Abwana, which is my middle name. Um, and it means princess for all that. I'm pretty sure you're probably wondering, what is that word? <laughs> what does that even mean? And so... Um, yeah, so I did an album in 2017 just to try it out because I never, I grew up being an athlete, like I never thought that I had artistic gifting, but God has really been just growing me as an artist and being able for me to express myself to him um, through music. And so I am in the midst of doing a second album. And um, in this project, I have recently started this new thing on Instagram called Abuana Wednesdays where I am sharing with um, my listeners a compilation of different songs that I've created, but I'm only showing you about a minute of the song, um, just so that you can get a taste and understanding of who I am as an artist, what type of music that I do, and just how I express myself. And so recently I did a song called Letter to My Offender. And in this song, it's basically a song about <laughs> me writing to those that have offended me while living overseas, the ones that have pulled my hair, has have spit on me, those that have called me a nigger multiple times, just all of that, all of that. This is a letter to those people because I'm not able to be able to see. I don't know what they look like. I don't know their names. I don't know if I'm ever going to meet them again. None of these things. But I use this song as an anthem for a lot of people that have experienced racism in their life or colorism. And um, it's a song, honestly, it's not about bitterness. It's a song of forgiveness. It's recognizing and understanding that there is pain that has happened through colonization and enslavement and even just the civil rights movement here and just the racism that is even um, manifesting here in America, even today through police brutality or church shootings and things of that nature. And um, 
it's a song of freedom. It's a song of liberation, but it's also a song of forgiveness and forgiving wow. those that have offended us and, and just choosing, even though we know and understand and have read and have watched and seen um, people that people of color die right before our eyes on camera, mm. just choosing, even though I know this history, even though I know these things have happened, I am still choosing to forgive you because Jesus has forgiven me. And wow. so that's what that song is essentially about. Oh my goodness, Camila, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, when you originally shared your story with me, that's what I heard. I heard that even though all these things have happened to me, I still choose to love like Christ. I still choose to love like Christ because it's a choice. Sometimes we think, well, I didn't have a choice. This happened to me. They did this to me. If they hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. But you made the choice to still love like Christ. Like, if that's not picking up your cross and following after Jesus, honey, I don't know what is. I'm just like so amazed and so blessed. And for you to be so young and just I am young. Oh my gosh. For I'm 26 years old. I'm like, how does this stuff happen to me? I don't understand. I know. You've lived like seven lives. <laughs> 26 years. <laughs> you've lived seven lives. And I just love that. And I, and I pray that you ladies listening, that you are encouraged to know that life is going to try to bring you these things that are going to try test you, that are going to be difficult, but you can still choose to love like Christ. You can still choose to love like Christ. You can still choose to feel cherished even going through the trial. And that's how much our God loves us. That's the depth and the breadth of his love. Like it is beyond anything the world can try to throw at you. You can still choose to love like Christ. So Camila, are you, what are your plans for the future? I know you have the album would you ever go abroad again would you <laughs> are you stateside until um, your 95th birthday <laughs> I know, right? no i have uh, that's a really good question <laughs> i'm actually right now in the midst of praying and seeking the lord about it but i do know that a lot of my desire is to share the love of christ overseas and for people to be touched through my music specifically I um I really want to travel around the world and do music, and so oh, I'm praying, awesome. believing, and hoping that God is going to open up these doors for me. And I also just want to like backtrack and just say this one thing. I just want to say to those that are just feeling so broken down, and if you're listening to this, God, there's healing for you. God is able mm. to really heal just even the parts of you that just feel unmendable. And I'm personally in a season right now where I'm going through a lot of inner healing and. I'm, believing for God to really heal the broken pieces of me that of the things that have happened to me while living overseas and and just things that even stem from my childhood I'm just believing for the Lord to just heal me um and so I just want to encourage you that just press into that press into that healing press into asking the Lord to do it because you can't do it on your own press into asking God to surround you around people that can help with your healing and that can Mm -hmm. um just help you get to that healthy place and to walk in the fullness of your identity. There's nothing wrong with counseling. Nothing. God has definitely um, <laughs> created counselors for a reason. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I just agree. Add that, but yeah, that's why I'm still, yeah, I'm still praying about it, but that is my desire. I want to do music um, in, in, the, in the States on state side and then also overseas. And I just want to travel and just make art and 
Yeah. Yes, do it. And um, whenever you have a show, and if you have anything coming up here, please let me know. I'm coming out. I want to oh, support you. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can keep me young and hip and happening. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and if anybody wants to um, follow the journey of my music, you can find me on um, my what is it, Instagram handle at Awana Music, A-W-O-N-A-M-U-S-I-C. And that is also my YouTube channel because I also place my videos on there as well. Yes, and we'll link all of her um, her social media in the description box. Um, um, do you have a clip of the of the song? Yeah. I do, yes. It's, oh, yes, it's on your Instagram. Yeah. So you guys should <laughs> go also, yeah. and check it out. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much, Camila, for being with thank us today. You. Oh, my goodness, guys. This was, well, guys, isn't this awesome? This was like Aww. everything. Yes, Jesus, come through, Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, we love it. So I'm so excited. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Cherished Daughters Podcast. I pray that this bless someone. Um, and stay tuned, and we will bring another episode next week. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.